Hey, 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 you're listening to Big Fact Snow Cap, the only show that's number one with metalheads and boys without frames on their beds. Let's get into this episode. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Remember well, how we got a. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> Paul. Let me talk for a goddamn second. <laughs> do we start? Do we need Shut to? Shut up. <laughs> do we need to start alternating who starts the episode Shut with a funny up. thing? <laughs> my week to say something at the start <laughs> i don't even want to do it anymore man you talk you go well it's not interesting Shut anymore <laughs> <laughs> we're doing that voice. that's a uh, phil and i's character i guess it's mostly phil's character trevor from wisconsin who's like a little kid who yells at his mom to shut up <laughs> mom get out of my room that's what i was reminding me of like that uh skrillex drop yeah Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's done it before for a long time, but there was a time when we were hanging out on hammocks at his place, and uh, he kind of like had never tried to secure two hammocks on the same tree like that before. And so midway through us hanging out on there, he fell and hurt himself really bad. And I couldn't stop laughing because I thought it was so funny. And he just started like pretending to punch me and be like, shut up. <laughs> not that funny <laughs> punching somebody in a hammock is really funny because you gotta get the vibe that you're gonna punch them they're gonna ba- bounce back and forth like a punching bag you're gonna be able to get one of those oh, like yeah yeah absolutely oh hey i'm gonna show you a picture of the massive zucchini i picked from the community garden today hey yo man those things can get huge man squash are really good to grow Okay, but guess where it is now. You're using it as a butt plug? (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. On your first try, man, you got it. Incredible. No, I'm going to assume you made some zoodles with it, and so it's in your fridge with leftover spaghetti sauce on it. Talking about what's in my butthole. Man, it's not that type of show, Paul. You're right. Oh, also, it seems like uh, you've been really getting into the comedy bing-bongs. Yeah, I have. I've been listening. Is that part of your media roundup, or is is it not remarkable enough for you to, or do you not feel the need to uh, advertise for the Sopranos of indie podcasts? First off, no other podcasts exist. Mm. Second off, yeah, I don't know. I feel like people who listen to the show know. Wait, about is this what, a chance off. the rapper song? You're about to be twenty twenty two offs. Adrian, if you listen back to every episode of this show, I have a gimmick going at each one. There was that one show where every sentence I said had a number in it, and I was counting up from 1 to 1,000 the whole show. What are you, LP? (laughs) (laughs) No one really picked up on that episode where I spoke entirely in palindromes, and the whole episode was also a palindrome. (laughs) Front to back. And without telling me, you queued up every question perfectly, that how I responded was also a palindrome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, anything exciting happened to you this week? The community garden was fun. Watering it made me feel like I was contributing. Mm. I helped paint the other week, too. That was really fun. I don't think I mentioned that. 
Are you like a real big like you have a like a little gardening outfit that you have to go down there? Yeah, it, it's crazy. I spend like 30 minutes down there, but I spend more time getting my outfit <laughs> ready and on. Like you have the perfect little like overalls and like a little like straw hat that you're wearing out there. Literally. Yeah, no, you you got it. <laughs> I'm I talking an accent while I'm out there. This here's zucchini. Mm-mm-mm. Stir it up. You got yourself a great pan fry. Anyways, I had a media roundup that I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get into that? Cool. What's up? There's actually some really good stuff this week. Let's see. Um, okay. What's the best way to order this? Number one, chronologically, literally right after we got off our, uh, the call to do last week's episode, I mentioned uh, Jenny Nicholson had a new video, and it's an absolute banger. We've already talked about it on the phone, so not much to say there, but uh, peak commentary YouTube for sure. Next. Rhythm Roulette is back after, I think, three years. So that was exciting. Um, it's basically a series on Mass Appeal where they take a famous hip hop producer. Uh, they let them go into a vinyl uh, store, a record store blindfolded. They pick three records and then sample from it to make a beat uh, and take a day trip did it. And they're a uh, really, really interesting uh, little duo of uh, producers. So it was a good episode. Can you do their your best impression of their drop? Because I do really like day trip. Take it to 10. Hey, they have a great one. Yeah, they do. Um, so yeah, that's been the first one in like three years. And I, I love that series, man. Like Big Crit's been on it. Mac Miller was on it. LP has a great episode. Arab Music has a great episode. Um, yeah, it's a really fun series. So you should check it out. Uh, next Spy Family wrapped up its final episode. And I really just want to urge people, even if you're not an anime fan, like it's one of those things where it's appeal, like definitely transcends anime. Like if you just like really fun, just smiling ear to ear the whole time, like television like it's a great show you really should check it out uh and then another anime i got a um i got a high dive account so i now have two streaming services dedicated to anime but they still cost less than netflix together so i feel okay about it uh, i got it to watch the uh movie that you have to watch in between the two seasons of made in abyss with the new season coming out later this month and i'm keeping it so i can watch that new season but i was checking out some of their other programming and i'd heard good things about your boy kong ming and uh yeah it's a it's a banger it's a really fun show the op slaps uh oh, and the show uh, is, yeah the show is called your boy kung ming yeah boy kung ming yeah so the premise is it's a chinese emperor who's famous for his military tactics who as he's dying hopes he be he can be reincarnated in a time where he can help world peace like actually be achieved and so he gets reincarnated in modern modern japan and the premise of the show is that he helps a struggling edm artist who's a singer Using his military tactics, he's going to help her rise to the top <laughs> and share her beautiful music. You laugh, Adrian, but isn't that the concept that every like business bro who reads Sun Tzu is running with that that makes sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The art of war, for real, though. <laughs> Literally, people who have art. <laughs> like, there's so many people who believe in that concept. They're like, and yeah, you're right. an and I would not, and I would not be- laugh. <laughs> and I would not laugh at those people. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. It's crazy uh, it's how pretty- much that's like embedded itself in our culture that that book would somehow possibly help with like any other realm than ancient warfare i'm only two episodes in and the first one is a little bit slow because it is that kind of thing where like they have to introduce everything and there's a scene race to learn how to like use a cell phone or whatever but it, it quickly it that even that episode's pretty fun and episode two gets like you know it just uh it picks up even better from there and like i said that opening theme whew, infectious so check it out check it out if you can Adrian, can I ask you a question? You already did. Well, that's checkmate. I, I'm done, I guess. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't know. What's your question? What's your question? 
Every time people compliment anime, they always say, the theme song's incredible. What's an anime that you really like, but the theme song is trash? You would recommend, Ooh. if you were watching it, to hit that skip intro button. Off the top of my head, I didn't like the uh, first OP for uh, Ranking of Kings that much, but the second one was really good. Um, actually, maybe one of my favorite OPs in the top ten. So that's the, that's the beauty of it, is uh, it changes frequently enough. That being said, the ones that I do like definitely do like make it onto my actual like Spotify liked playlist. So that's in there among everything else. I think a full like a couple Full Metal Alchemist OPs are in there. A couple uh, Gundam OPs are in there. Good stuff. Oh, a couple of Death Note ones, which uh, I think those I are know controversial. You love Death Note. You think it's the best show ever. It's your favorite <laughs> show of all time. I didn't actually watch the anime. I, I read the whole manga, and I think I tried watching the anime for a while. But their uh, OPs were famously uh, like death metal songs, and so a lot of people really did not like them. Transition to death metal. Wow, AG, Actually, you're a more pro. new, yeah, more new metal than death metal. What's the origin of that term and you in music? I don't know. Metal has like a strong presence in like Scandinavia and like some of those European countries. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a because it's a umlaut, I think. So it would maybe be German or something. Mm. But that actually is a good segue to how I want to start this uh, segment, which is like every other hobby that I have, I'm not an old head about it, and I'm not particularly well informed about it. So I don't really know the history of metal, and I don't really know how to teach a 101 course on it like the idea was for the last episode or it was supposed to be something 101 well i'm glad that you're our expert so my next question is mashuga overrated or as great as people say never listened megadeth overrated or as great as people say never listened all right well those are the two metal bands i know no like metallica or anything like that <laughs> oh i guess i know Metallica. I, I didn't know if they counted as what what distinguishes hard rock from metal or is that like the uh, etymology, yeah, is, like, okay. egg, the rock gets so hard it becomes a metal, like... That's probably true. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to assume that's true. Uh, yeah, that's actually a good place to start, is for the genre heads who are going to get mad about me. Just the, 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 the gist of the episode is heavy music, because the, the, the idea is for me to try and get Paul to appreciate heavier music, because I think uh, Paul's, like, I don't know, what, what, what's your, what are your parameters? What's your boundaries? Like, no screaming in my music, or is it, like... No, like heavy guitars in my music. Well, or... yeah, I guess uh, Death Grips I never got into because I couldn't really stand the vocals, despite yeah. like them being in the realm of stuff I like. Sometimes like, I, I think, like uh, screaming the and new more. Back... Like the backwash thing when I was telling you about like, oh, you should listen to her old stuff, but not her new stuff because she really goes into like a trap, not a trap metal, but like a hip hop metal space. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when it's peppered into industrial metal, and I think with instruments, I'm much more like I like when instruments go industrial or don't sound necessarily like that instrument i'm totally fine with that but vocals get me if somebody's screaming yeah that's like an old-timey thing where like people will tell you if you're trying to get someone into metal the best place to start is with instrumental metal and then you can get them into the uh, vocals later on oh. um but for the sake of this episode we're gonna count basically everything further than like pop punk as like generally heavy music maybe we'll do an episode where we try and get Paul into pop punk but we probably need drake on there and it probably need to be a ton of episode um so this is just yeah, uh, metalcore, post-hardcore, uh, death metal, gen. What are you uh, talking anything? about? I love Avril Lavigne. I already am a pop punk fan. Yeah. Okay. Well, episode done. That's for the <laughs> pop punk one. So where to start? Where to begin? What do you not? What what uh, is it? What's what? What are your perceptions of, of metal music? What are your perceptions of the fandom? What are your perceptions of what the music's like? What it's about? Or uh, what it can what it's supposed to invoke i guess the fandom i'll say reminds me a little bit of like i've discussed this on a previous episode with taylor swift fans being like mm -hmm. you would be surprised a guy like me 
a manly man, somebody who doesn't like pink and isn't gay at all, likes Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I feel like the same about metal fans. There's so many, like, white boys who'd be, like, you'd be surprised a nice guy like me likes aggressive music. Mm. I think I generally feel, like, the same way about every super obscure subculture. I'm sure there's cool people, and I'm sure there's, like, weirdos who mm-hmm. use it as a way to hide their personality. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... So the first band that I ever listened to because my friend Mark was into them and my friend Mark's dad was into them. Uh, so when I would hang out with him, they would both play their music and they uh, get me into them. Linkin Park, that's where it started for me, which is very much squarely in the new metal uh, category. Um, and that's, you know, like second grade, third grade, I was getting into that. And I was like, OK, I clearly like music that's a, on the radio, but not really what sounds like what's mostly on the radio. Can I ask you a question? Why do people make fun of, like, new metal so much? Is it just that it's, like, more cringy or more pop or more industry? Yeah, that's kind of the thing is, like, it's kind of like a... It's, like, a heavy for people who don't actually listen to heavy music. Like I said, it's, like, the right on the edge of what you're about allowed to put on the radio because it's mm-hmm. kind of got this, like, faux aggressive... Well, not faux aggression, but, like, this faux heaviness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, from there, it just, like... I didn't... I think the best way to put it is that I didn't go to a non metal post-hardcore concert until my first year of college and I, I went to a lot of concerts in high school so almost exclusively like my musical diet up until college was uh mostly post-hardcore but also like metal music it wasn't really like a big part of my identity but it was one of those things where like there was a circle of friends that i would hang out with specifically because they liked that same kind of music and they were kind of all over the place it was a lot of uh kind of like more outcasty guys kind of more seen people people who uh I think leaned more into the whole like I'm alternative. I don't listen to what's on the radio type people, but um, it was just kind of the music I gravitated to. So you know, I didn't uh, think too much about it. No cap. I have uh, a handful of friends that are like what I'm describing. They're like the you know I have a bank job and I'm done up proper during the week. You'd be surprised. My favorite genre of music is like going to hardcore metal run, shows. I don't know if I run into a lot of people like that to be honest. Maybe it's because I work uh, or worked a finance job. I guess that makes sense. I'm not really in the space for that. I guess even in academia, I think it'd be kind of weird to be like a big metalhead. But like we don't really have anyone who's open about it or weird about it. Um, but the other uh, thing that I wanted to say was. I was very seen in high school, so I definitely wore like the skinny jeans with a band tee every day. Um, and I remember I Declare War, which is one of my favorite bands. And I'll go through. I have a list of uh, bands to go through. But I Declare War was playing at New Brooklyn Tavern my freshman year of college. And I was just out and about and forgot about it. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm actually not busy right now. I could go make the show. And so I went to New Brooklyn Tavern. Uh, I paid my for my ticket. I had a great time watching them. But just halfway through the show, I look around me and everyone's wearing all black. And I just look at the fact that I'm wearing a purple sweater and like green like pants like chinos. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I've, I guess I've changed. I've changed my style a little bit since high school. <laughs> well, you, did, um, you didn't dress dark in high school. Don't pretend, Adrian. You dressed you wore scarves. No, but I definitely wore like they, that they were like edgy seen, scarves. Like, with, they, they were edgy scarves with skulls on them. No, I wouldn't do that. That's disgusting. <laughs> but a lot of like different colored skinny jeans and like a different metal band T-shirt every day was like 90% of my wardrobe. Mm. Which, I guess if I already made that parlay into it, this would have been a good third segment if I had more time and more creativity, but uh, metal bands do have some pretty funny names. Uh, So I wanted to go through some bands to shout out. Um, Okay, so a couple ones that I've liked recently and also in the past. Lorna Shore, Job for a Cowboy, Pale Dusk, We Butter the Bread with Butter, German metal band, very good. Unpending Doom, 
a Christian metal band, one of those weird things where there's a weird Christian uh, sect of metal music. And I think maybe the weirdest thing is that they actually make pretty fucking good metal music. Uh, After the Burial is like a more genty band. I saw them at New Brooklyn Tavern, too. They were fucking amazing. Greeley Estates was like my favorite band in high school. I Declare War, Acacia Strain, Flesh God Apocalypse. A Day to Remember, kind of those more like post-hardcore bands. Are they anything like the movie A Walk to Remember? Because I like that movie, so maybe like they'd be a good intro to metal for me. I've never actually watched that movie, so I have no idea. But they would be a good intro in the sense that they're like half singing, half saw metal, like half uh like harsh vocals, uh, and then also just kind of like generally agreeable. Like they're the John Mulaney of like post-hardcore bands. <laughs> you can, it's kind of a tune everyone can dance to. Electric Callboy recently changed their name due to a uh, slur controversy. <laughs> I think I mentioned that on another podcast. Electric Cold Boy? Oh, uh, uh, were they Electric, electric uh, Inuit? No, no, no. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they had that E word at the front for a while. Oh, oh, Cold uh, Boy was there. Electric was the word that changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They changed it to Electric. Uh, Devil Wears Prada, another Christian one. I saw them. I think that was the first concert I went to when I was like 14. And I threw up at that concert. It was a little too much for me. <laughs> Um, also, because they're a Christian band, they played they played at like a Christian venue at in Douglasville, Georgia. And so at one point, the owner of the venue comes out to be like, hey, if you guys want to dance next to your neighbor, that's fine. But you guys don't need to be pushing each other and stuff. All right. Let's be civil out here. <laughs> I was like, what did you expect? Uh, Ghost Inside, August Burns Red, Chelsea Grin, Crystal Lake, Norma Jean, Texas in July, Salt the Wound, Lead Hands, The Word Alive, and Memphis Mayfire. That was my little list from looking at my Spotify. All good. All good bands I would recommend. But. I forgot I was supposed to make an argument in this episode. I was supposed to have some kind of thesis about how to get you into metal, and I don't really know how to do it. Because I don't think, I think I'm one of those people where I really enjoy the things that I like, and I don't feel a need to make other people like what I like. Oh, preach, um, brother. Like, 100%, like, if I had a partner who didn't like metal music, I would feel no need to, like, make them like it. I would just be like, all right, I will listen to it when you're not around. <laughs> that, that works for me. Dude, it's incredible how few people live by that that ethos. Mm-hmm. It's why sometimes I, like, sandwich my opinions with a, hey, I'm sorry for this, because I feel like I upset so many people when I'm like, this thing is shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, with the death grip things, yeah, I always feel the need to sandwich that with an apology. Like, I know they're great, I just don't personally get it. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't talk to enough people about stuff like that where I feel the need to do that, but that is something where I probably would do that, because I also don't really like death grips. I, I never really got into them definitely had people play them for me like in the car or whatever and i was just like yeah it's fine i wouldn't seek it out though that's how i feel Um, it's not like it's not offensive it definitely is like good but yeah i think the other thing that i'll mention two things that i'll mention that i think are really cool that i don't think are enough to get people into metal but are something interesting to consider because and i I never really understood this where people are like i can't understand the lyrics why would i want to listen to it and i was like what what? that's like two percent of why people listen to like music unless they're like really into a singer songwriter or something it does lend itself well to having really international tastes so like flesh god apocalypse is an italian symphonic metal band we butter the bread with butter they cool stuff like where their whole first album was them doing german nursery rhymes uh in like a really death metal style and then electric cowboy is also german so yeah there's a lot of like uh internationalness to the metal community that's really fun so you can get into like some really cool bands from around the world and it also means that there are cool influences like so there's this band that i've gotten to recently called it uh I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think it's like a Crania. Uh, and they're a Mexican band that uh, fuse uh, Mexican, like traditional brass instruments and like rhythms into like dance rhythms into metal music. And it's really, really good. So there's a lot of that, too, where people think uh, people think of metal in a really malleable way where they can like 
kind of infuse it with like whatever they want. What else do they do? Like, you know, Flesh God doing their symphonic, like very orchestral uh, metal music. And then Akrania doing their like Latin fusion jazz like stuff in metal. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff like that. In metal. I think I've talked to people before that if I were ever to be in a band and learn an instrument, I would probably I would probably do a death metal band. Hmm. Either learning drums or learning how to do harsh vocals, I think would be really cool. Uh, I'd probably do that over being in any kind of like, uh, I guess I technically did do rap stuff with Bill, but if I were to actually like learn an instrument or anything like that, I would probably learn it to the end of doing that kind of music. Shoot me some of your harsh vocals. San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a lyric and let me deliver it to you in my best impression. This is bound to produce hilarity. Um, you're gonna say, fuck you, mom, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> this is like when you ask me to do baby talk, it's almost so embarrassing that I can't get it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is one of those things where there were, like, there were a lot of things where, like, a year into the pandemic, I was like, damn, I could have learned to do something over that time. <laughs> I could have, like picked up a new scale or something and one of the things i could have done based on the fact that one of my roommates was always gone and at her uh partner's place and that my other like roommate would reliably like leave the house for a few hours to go walk her dog or go to the park and i was like hey i could have just like tried to learn how to do harsh vocals in my closet or something i know lorna shore's uh vocalist will ramos he learned from doing it in the shower or whatever and he was like it was one of those things where he was like that's how i learned i just started doing it in the shower and eventually i got better at it and like my parents would ask me what was going on in the shower and i'd be like i'm just just singing (laughs) I feel like I would drive my car somewhere abandoned (laughs) to practice my harsh vocals. Because I don't think it's I don't think it's natural for anyone. I think everyone who does it did kind of have to learn how to do it. Maybe there's one of those things where there's people with like crazy vocal cord structure or something. And so it's just like they're able to do it. Oh, like the Michael Phelps of harsh vocals. He's like, what's just born with As far as I know, most people kind of had to work at it. All right, Paul, you want to get in articles? Yeah. I forgot there was one last thing I wanted to ask you. What's up? It seems like you're kind of down to go to concerts whether or not you know the artists or anything you have you gone to any concerts like seen anything live that's a little bit heavier oh yeah i think i told you about this i did it during my media roundup i love them uh there's this band zulu from california that just randomly opened for somebody that izzy wanted to see and they were tight you should definitely give them a listen Zulu. okay cool all right you mind if i go first this time sounds good to me buddy this one is a dear prudence which, if you guys ever write in to tell us we're doing Dear Prudy too much, shut up. Shut up! Dear Prudence, my boyfriend is absolutely not a sadistic sex killer. Best opening to it. Good start. Good start. <laughs> he is kind and generally considerate, but he loves listening to gruesome death metal. Music best described as blasting noise with deranged growls and shrieks that often, from what I can tell, celebrate horrendous misogynistic violence. Adrian, do you remember our Andrew WK question that was almost exactly like this? Yeah, I do. What, was that for Satanism? Yeah, that, that was for Satanism. He listened to okay. Satanic music. Makes sense. Back to the question. He respects that I am not a fan of this music and doesn't usually play it when I'm around, but he gets a huge charge from listening to it when we have sex and is comparatively lackluster at the deed when he doesn't have it to fire him up. <laughs> yes! <laughs> This guy is laying one star pipe when he doesn't have metal, but five star if he's got his mashuga on. That makes sense, man. It's powerful music. Although I find the music unpleasant and distracting, I don't object when I feel focused enough to block it out. (laughs) 
she's like, this is worth it. I hate this music, but for that good dick, I'll let him play it. <laughs> just, I don't know. I guess just wear head, earphones, earbuds. What is, it, what is it? What really bothers me are the awful themes. It disturbs me that a seemingly well-adjusted man in his 30s is aroused by torture fantasies set to music. He says it's just about the energy for him. But I really don't know what to think about someone who listens to Cannibal Corpse when he makes love to me. Am I being oversensitive about this? So it seems like opposite to what a lot of people say, she's very clearly discerning the lyrics in this music. (laughs) I also feel like more than the lyrical content, I think it's just probably odd to play. Like, I I don't know. Vibes are important during sex. I'm going to make a controversial point and say vibes are important. And if the other person isn't into something, I really don't know how the sex can be better. That seems odd that you could be annoyed by something Mm. but having good sex. Yeah. Paul, what are you? What are you usually playing? Mm, you know, I'm playing that Frank Ocean. Tornado flew oh, around my room before you came. Excuse the mess it made in Southern California, much like Arizona. My eyes don't shut But I've been thinking about you. I usually throw on the. I usually throw on the Jonas Brothers cover of that song. Did they really do that? That's awesome. Yeah, they did like an acoustic cover of it, and they were like, can we, is there a way we can make this song ten times worse? Yes, let's do it. Frank Ocean originally wrote that song for another artist. I'm forgetting who right now, but it was from his era when Dude, he was writing I music love- as a ghostwriter for other, or as a producer slash ghostwriter for other yeah. artists. I love stories like that. Like, I think one of Ed Sheeran's biggest hits was uh, supposed to be for Rihanna or something like that. I think Shape of You, maybe? Oh, okay, yeah, back to this boyfriend. Couldn't he just listen to them in like some earpods? I feel like the vibes are going to be off because she's going to be listening to her favorite band, Harley Rae Jepsen, and then they're going to be on two separate beats. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're just—they're not going to be coordinating. That's probably true. I don't think the BPMs are going to match. Like, should they get a silent DJ to DJ their sex? I was about to say, at that point, you're basically making a silent di- uh, disco. It's its specifically the fact that he's better at sex when the music <laughs> is playing that makes it really tricky. Otherwise, it's not a hard question to answer. Which is, he needs to stop listening to it during sex. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know, like, there's probably metal bands they could listen to that don't have the same kind of thematic element to it. Like, there's plenty of variation in, like, what metal bands talk about in their lyrics. I mean, fucking, I talked about We Butter the Bread with Butter, and they have a whole song that's just about how much they like going on their electric scooters and riding around. <laughs> like, you can probably find different thematic elements in different I was gonna melodies. say, what type of subgenre is Cannibal Corpse? Because that's the one band we do know he likes. Is there bands similar to Cannibal um, Corpse who are nice? I don't know, it's hard to say, because that's in that realm of, like, metal music that I haven't really gotten super into. It's, like, stuff that's pretty, pretty heavy, pretty pig squealy, where it's, like... I, I like a couple of the bands, and I don't really feel the need to, like, find a bunch of them, so... Uh, Cannibal Corpse is, like, pretty... I don't know. Like, he sh- he should play Dying Fetus. I, I think they have cool themes in their music. <laughs> Adrian, that was really insensitive with the Roe v. Wade decision being last week. I know, right? That is a real band, though. <laughs> is there any music that you're better at sex when it's playing? I was actually thinking about that, because I think, uh... I don't really like... EDM, but I think that has also helped set a good pace before once in bed. I think the last time I played music, it was boxing, which is a weird choice. It kind of just general indie vibes, <laughs> uh, but also kind of a sad album. So I don't know why I chose that, but I just decided to put on something because my roommate was home and I was like, I don't want to. 
I don't want it in case it's too loud or anything. I'll put on some music to cover it. I don't know. Is, is it is Frank Ocean actually what like you uh, put on? Because that seems like a good choice. But like, oh, I don't, I don't really put on sex music. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's probably more common too. I, I don't like that. Like the last time I put on music was like a while ago. So that's when I was really into Fox Things like a few years ago. <laughs> a type of dude who puts on really obscure cuts to try to get compliments on their sex music. <laughs> <laughs> the uh greatest compliment i can get during sex is them reaching over to hit my phone to just see what song is playing <laughs> so they can note it for later <laughs> and you go limp if they ask for the ox that's the worst thing you can hear during sex <laughs> do you think they should just trade off like they should do uh, one of those spotify things where you meld a playlist with another person based on like your musical tastes yeah, well, I really don't get, like, EDM seems, like, non-lyrical music really seems like a pretty good solution. If you're not going to play singing or R&B or, yeah. like, sex ballads, you should be playing non-lyrical music. I usually do, like, Mozart or Bach or something. <laughs> no, you gotta get, you gotta get some house music. You gotta get a real repetitive beat that you can set your rhythm to. If they did the melded playlist, I think it would be difficult because I imagine... A lot of death metal bands, like, usually the par for the course is, like, seven-minute songs, six-minute songs, and so mm. then you get your, like, three-minute pop track in, and it's back to... <laughs> so I feel like that would be rough. Yeah, and then it becomes a, like, and then it becomes a competition, because she's like, oh, he's gonna play these long songs, so I'm gonna put in my long songs. So I gotta and... play a 12-minute white guy Rasta song. <laughs> yeah, I gotta play 20 minutes of white dudes with dreads doing reggae crooning. That's not based on any of my past traumas. That was just a random <laughs> reference we both made. Paul, you are trauma dumping on me right now. Nico. <laughs> and somehow I assume you're gaslighting me as well. All right. How do we help this boy out? How do we help out this cannibal corpse dude? Honestly, he needs to stop playing his music during sex. That's weird. That's weird to play the music I that think, somebody else doesn't like you, during sex. You, you mentioned something before, and I think it's very true, is that like the archetypal white guy who's into metal music has very long brown hair like light mm. long brown hair i think you take some of his hair and you just kind of clump it up into your ears as like little earplugs during sex mm. and that's the way you uh get out of it the good sex that they're having is she's into pegging him so she's gonna be behind him she can't do that mm, no she can pull on it you know, that's yeah she can pull on it yeah but that doesn't help her not hear the metal music he's leaning forward you gotta really get into your <laughs> i don't really know how that stance works but you're going to have to put together your own ragtag team of um, musical masterminds for the perfect feminist metal song. All right. Any other advice or should we just get to the answer? Let's hear this answer. All right. It's always a comfort to know the person you love is not a sadistic sex killer. So right there, you have something to build on. I like the image of you two making love. He's cranking up Cannibal Corpse's romantic classic, Bloody Chunks, while you're sticking in the earbuds of your iPod and desperately tuning up the volume on Michael Buble's version of I've Got You Under My Skin. All right, not as funny as our examples, but... When you're not having sex, you say he's generally considerate, which is not exactly a declaration that I've got you under my skin, I've got you deep in the heart of me, so deep in my heart that you're really a part of me. But couples need to have sex, and he finds it hard to perform unless you are forced to listen to songs of female dismemberment. As you describe it, you get through these sessions by trying to dissociate yourself from what is going on. That does not sound like a formula for sustained intimacy. I don't think you're being oversensitive about the gruesome nature of your boyfriend's favorite erotic imagery, especially since you are supposed to endure it. I have a hard time seeing where this relationship is headed. It already sounds like a cannibal corpse. Mm. I didn't know Pretty was doing bars now. 
Uh, I think if you approach him about this topic, I I wouldn't lean into the argument that his personality or it's any sort of moral reflection on him because that's immediately making it confrontational and putting him on the defensive. I would say you should lean into the conversation with, I know it helps you perform, but it it does the opposite for me. So it's a a no-go zone. I wouldn't go in with, you're a bad person because this music is violent and you like it. That's not... I just don't think that's going to make it productive. But then there's still the issue, though, is that he's just not performing it. Yeah. You're having okay. bad sex. And that's true. And if, if he can't if he can't get over that, then I think she's right. You got to dump him. Yeah, either that or you have to find some other, like, you have to try and get him into Pine Grove or something. That's a little bit more. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then he's definitely going to get the tattoo. So you better like tattoos before you pick that band. Yeah, that's true. He's going to get the ampersand or the two squares. All right. Move on to my article. Yes, sir. All right, for this, we're going to Metal Sucks, a little outlet online. Um, oh, they have a new uh, thing up on their website, Abort the Court. Hell yeah, brother. This is Ask Metal GF. I assume that means Metal Girlfriend. And when new parents both want to go to the show. My husband and I met through our passion for metal. Now we have a daughter, Gigi, who's two. Here's the problem. When a band we both like comes to Boston, we fight about who gets to go. And it grows into an even bigger fight about other things. We can't really afford the price of a babysitter and the tickets more than once a year. And so I basically stopped trying to go hear music because it's not worth the discussion and the disappointment. I hate that the thing that brought us together is now our point of contention. And now I just found out that Whitechapel is coming to town and I really want to go. But I know he will too. What is fair? How should I approach this with him? Signed, Metal Mom. Wow, that's really sad. I hate that. Mm -mm -mm. Babies ruin everything. Why is is childcare not more accessible and affordable in this country? That's... Yeah, why don't, why don't you have a grandma that you can exploit more close to where you are? Yeah, that's also really sad that they don't have, like, a family member or somebody who could take over. That, uh, wait, where did they say they were? Boston. Man, I wish I lived closer to there. I would come take care of their kid pro bono. <laughs> the atomized relationships we have under capitalism. <laughs> that's my slap one. <laughs> the atomized nature of capitalist life. Makes it so that we cannot watch the middle music we want to watch. Your snore is not nearly wet enough. Can you get, like, some water, like, in your nose or really, like, in your throat? <laughs> this is a perfect mirror of the Hegelian principle. <laughs> okay, he's not that pretentious. He only mentions Hegel every once in a while. What are you talking about? That was his whole argument with Jordan Peterson. He was like, if you would believe, I'm actually not a Marxist. I'm a Hegelian. <laughs> okay, so what to do about these kids that have this... Dumb little daughter who can't go to a metal show. Normally, I would always say I would kind of go on my like anti having kids rant. But for some reason, I'm kind of rooting for this couple. And even though normally I would never say take your child to the concert, kind of want to just take their kid to the concert and both enjoy it and live a happy life. I know it's uh, no, no, because it just sucks to take a kid to a concert. Even if you do the whole like we get him really good ear protection and all that, yeah. you're going to get weird glances. Nobody likes parents who take their kids to a concert. Everybody assumes you're kind of a bad parent. Yeah. I don't I don't like the vibe. I mean, if not that, then, like, it just has to be, like, well, I don't know, because even, like, every other time doesn't necessarily work, because what if it's a band that you're way more into, and then, the, but you went to the last one, so you have to try and convince your husband that, like, you know, oh, well, I, I, I'm i going to do two in a row, but you know this band's, like, my top five band or whatever. Like, I feel like even just doing, like, a we switch off every time... And they already said that they can only really, like, afford concerts, like, once a year, too. Is Okay, here's, it's a, it's, here's it's what I'm going to say. I don't want to victim shame or, like, blame. So I'm not going to—I'm going to say, try what you can. It feels like there should be a solution where you ask a neighbor 
or a family member or just create some connections in the community and figure out a way that you could get some sort of free or heavily subsidized childcare, even if it's just paying a lower price to a younger kid or waiting for them to be old enough that you don't have to get like a super professional babysitter, but just like, you know, a 12 or 13 year old to watch them in two or three years when they're like four or five. Yeah. You know, once they get to the age where all that you have to do is put them to bed. I'll I'll take them at their word that that's just not available to them. And I think the solution is that you just got to trade off and take the risks of maybe you don't get to see your favorite show. It sounds like her husband's being unreasonable, and that's the tough part because he insists he gets to go to each one, which honestly seems like a bigger red flag if he knows Wait, you want to go. Hold on. I thought that was early on. It was that he was being unreasonable and wanted to go to all of them. No, I think the main thing is just that it seems to come into, it, it creates bigger fights whenever they start talking about who gets to go to each one. And so that's where she's like, I kind of just stopped even bringing it up. Why is it creating fights? I feel like you should just do an alternating thing. Unless one of you is insisting you get to go to all of them. That is one of those things where maybe it's like exposing some other cracks in the relationship. If you talking about who gets to go to a uh, concert really ruins things. I don't know. Yeah, It's one of those things where I remember uh, Charlie telling me once about how he went on a hike with his friends. Uh, and when they got there, their friends like opened their trunk and like showed them how much beer they brought. And so they both him and his wife just looked at each other and they're like, OK, well, clearly only one of us is going to be able to actually drink on this. And one of us has to drive home. And so they just rock, paper, scissored for it. And then that was who they decided who was going to DD since they're both drinkers. Yeah, that seems like an optimal way. If that started a whole fight where neither of you could pretty quickly gauge who wanted it more and just said, oh, yeah, OK, sure, you go ahead or. You just came up with, like him and his wife did, a randomized way to decide. If it led to a fight, it's because neither of you really She did like a really good person. randomized way of doing it, of being like, I'm thinking of a number, one through ten, and I'm going to be honest, I'll tell you whether or not you're close to it or not. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, I just can't imagine a situation where I wouldn't, like, fold pretty quickly because I would get the sense, oh, they care about this more than me. Or, like, it means a lot to them, and I don't want to take that away. Or if that was happening a lot, just saying, hey, like, you know, I, I've let you go in the past. This means this one means a lot to me. And I don't know. I feel like in any healthy relationship, the, per the other person would probably pretty quickly go, that's fair. I did go to the last one, and this one doesn't mean a lot to you. Yeah, I think the solution is that you should go every other time. But every time you guys go, you should record the whole thing on your phone. Just really stand in the front <laughs> with your phone up to the band. Uh, and then you can play that back for your partner when you get back. Mm. That's a good solution. You guys just relive the concert, yeah. And you could even put it up on Snapchat so not only your partner, but everybody gets to see it. Take a lot of flash photography as well. Really capture the night and the vibe. I think neither parent should go and the kids should get to go sometimes. That's cool. That's a good idea. <laughs> they just drop her off at this incredibly adult metal show. They're like, have fun. It's your turn, sweetie. <laughs> it's a baby in a, in a stroller <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> You pick the short straw this time. <laughs> you get to go. I mean, if baby metal's coming into town, I feel like you got to. Ooh, that joke's a hit, Adrian. 10 out of 10. You get the Starbucks gift card for this episode. Hey, thank you. Do you have opinions on baby metal? I feel like that's a band that people who like metal have opinions on. No, I don't really. I haven't listened to them, so I don't know. Uh, Alright, anything else about this? I feel like it's... uh. We don't have enough information to really get more into it, then you guys should just figure out, like, a fair way to do this. Yeah, like I said, it seems like there's a solution, but I don't want to shame them and say that, like, they just haven't tried hard enough to get a babysitter or to get... <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how true this is, because, like, for Davis, if I was going to catch a tour, 
50% of the time, I would say, there's a Sacramento show and a San Francisco show. So you guys could split it up if one of you is willing to drive a little bit more mm. to like go to watch different shows on different nights. What city is close to Boston? How... Famously in Charlotte, that doesn't end up happening. A lot of people will skip Charlotte because the Orange Peel in Asheville has a contract that says you can't play within a certain distance of the Orange Peel on a single tour. And that oh, often ends so up dumb. excluding Charlotte. So they end up going just to Asheville. I see. Well, we have a lot of that in South Carolina because usually places they just skip it <laughs> the entire state. <laughs> that was a big part of growing up in South Carolina. It was like, yep, okay, North Carolina and Georgia. <laughs> just skipping right over it. Yeah, that's true. That's true, though. That's true, though. All right. Do you want to hear the answer from Ask Metal Girlfriend? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Metal GF, what you got for us? Ugh, Metal Mom, I feel your pain. Being a metal mom isn't all Slayer onesies and teaching your kid about the ups and downs of Cannibal Corpse's career. Man, double Cannibal Corpse reference in this episode. (laughs) Damn. Okay, so Cannibal Corpse, too hardcore for the GF, but appropriate for a baby. Yours is a very annoying problem, and as a mother of a young child myself, I can relate. Kids can be a real buzzkill when it comes to going out at the same time as your partner, drinking heavily, staying out late, etc. They basically ruin these things, at least for now. I have a couple of suggestions. One is a very straightforward every other system. For every show you go to, your husband goes to one too. This should be the default mode so that you don't have to discuss and figure it out each time. He went to the show last time, now it's your turn. Plain and simple. A lot of the time, women especially will martyr it up and guilt trip themselves and think that they should always be the default one to stay home, and that just isn't the case. Of course, the every other system won't work 100% of the time, but it's a good place to start, and it sets a nice precedent of fairness that takes out a lot of the guesswork of who should go and why. I find I can have a really fun night out every week or two, and I'm a better mom because I'm happy. It really goes a long way. In terms of going to shows together, I have a few suggestions. One is friends. We have asked our friends, each one no more than once, to sit for us. We buy them dinner, leave them with the Netflix password and a comfortable couch, and they seem fine and happy for a few hours. It is a favor, of course, but if you ask each friend like once a year and give them a free dinner, it's not such a big deal. Parents need help and parents need fun, and you have to figure out ways to make it work and be creative. Sometimes we'll leave the video monitor with our upstairs neighbor and leave the house together for a bit. Is this legal? We are unsure, but we are out at night. And this is what matters. Vince and I often talk about how if we know our baby is asleep safely in the crib and won't be awake for at least 10 hours, why can't we leave and, like, go get ice cream? It seems unfair. You absolutely can't do that. No. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Paul, 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 there's more to the answer. Another free babysitting source is your family. We gave your parents grandchildren, and now they owe you big time. If you spread out asking people, no one will feel put out. Another thing one of my friends does is she gives she goes out after her baby is in bed and pays an 8th grader a very low rate to sit on her couch and watch TV. Since metal shows are most definitely after bedtime, finding a young whippersnapper looking to make some dough on the side might work well for you. The price point tends to be much more reasonable. Young teens don't care where they are as long as there is a Wi-Fi connection. It really does take a village, and raising your kid with just your partner all of the time is just a lot. If you need help, ask for it. I didn't get the part where she was like, I think it's okay to leave babies at home unattended as long as they're sleeping. Yeah, I don't really know about that either. I feel like, no, somebody should be there in case something happens and can call somebody or help. Like, I don't know, there could be electrical fires or like unexpected things. Like, 
I'm not an expert in childcare, but that does seem like the wrong maneuver. Yeah, no. The babies can't move out of their crib. They're basically stuck there. It's pretty shitty to leave them alone. Anything else besides that weird part of the answer? Because I feel like the rest of it was pretty what we kind of said. It's, it's like what we said. It is shocking to maybe. Uh, can you do your Slavo Zizak voice again and say atomized? Because it is sad if there really is people out there with children who are so disconnected from any sense of community that they genuinely feel like they can't turn to anybody for free child care. That was kind of her point at the end that was really good, right? It was like raising a child with just you and your husband is a lot of work. No one really, a lot of people don't do that. And it's it's kind of a sad situation if you are in that situation. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, obviously people shouldn't have to rely on family members doing the work for them for free. There should, that should be paid work the government provides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that was a big part of when uh, Phil and I went to go see the Medea play at the uh, town theater in Columbia because we won tickets off of a radio show. There was a scene where Medea talks about how grandma shouldn't be raising children for their uh, kids or whatever, uh, shouldn't be raising grandkids for their for their kids or whatever. And uh, just the really white guy behind me, only like white person besides Phil in the building was like, that's right, Medea. Mm hmm. <laughs> The guy talked like Medea. <laughs> he did a snap. The white guy was, was like, like a Medea cosplayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. Uh, I think earlier this episode I mentioned having gotten a zucchini from the community garden. What I didn't mention is I stopped by McDonald's to get a coffee because I was feeling a little tired on my way back home. Mm-hmm. And the uh, person charging me was a big lady, and she was bemused by the massive zucchini in my cup holder. She was like, what's that, a cucumber? <laughs> and I was like, it's a zucchini. And she's like, you're wild. <laughs> she was. You were wild for that one, though. She was having a great time. It really put a smile on my face. And she did that thing where she called over somebody else next to her to see. She's like, look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> to make it clear, it was a white lady. It was a large white lady. Oh, okay. Interesting. I know you didn't hear her, but I'm doing a perfect impression. That was the exact image I had in my head, actually. Yeah, she seemed very sweet. Adrian, Adrian, my baby boy, Adrian. I'm ready for a third segment. I would like to give a shout out to the YouTube channel Revolver, because this is being directly lifted from them. They did all the work in putting this together. All the uh, praise should go to them if you like it. Um, I stole it, and now we're going to do it as a fun little game. And so this was for a segment on their YouTube channel where they brought in Will Ramos from uh, Lorna Shore. Uh, They played him clips of vocals over uh, metal instrumentals, and he had to decide whether or not the vocals were coming from a human or an animal. We got 21 of these. How do you think you're going to do? I I really have no idea how hard it's going to be. But I assume if somebody made it thinking, like, this is explicitly going to be difficult, there has to be a reason. So I think I'm going to have to say, mm, this is, have you seen the Is It Cake TV show on Netflix? (laughs) Yeah, I hate it. I fucking, God, I don't particularly have respect for Mikey Day, but now I have zero respect for Mikey Day. This feels similar, where it's like, I, I guess I have to, like, just pull out the subtle clues it's like the same thing as them trying to guess if it's cake. It's like, I guess that sheen is a little bit wrong. And I just got to like hear the animal be like, guess that sounds 
like a human vocal cord couldn't quite do that or it sounds uh, i will say it's not meant to be like super ridiculously hard it's just kind of like a oh i don't like i think most of the effort was put into trying to make it match the instrumental but other than that it's not like impossibly hard okay will ramos i think got like 19 out of 21 okay i'll say 15 but here's a little fun thing we could do one point if you get it right human or animal uh an extra point if you can guess what animal it was an extra five points if you can guess what band it was oh the band i'm never gonna guess but okay yeah all right just say cannibal corpse for each one (laughs) all right you ready to play yep all right this is human or animal I think that one's human still. It's still, it also might be not as bad as I thought. The vocals are pretty low behind the instrumental. So it might have just been more me expecting the vocals to be more forward. But I think that's a human. Paul, that is incorrect. Oh, dang. That was an animal. What animal? That was a grizzly bear. <sighs> how, ma- how many points do I get for uh, trying my best to recreate it after? <laughs> From that burp? <laughs> You get point one points. Okay. So you can get two points overall. <laughs> All right, number two. That sounds a lot like the first one, but with more gurgles in it. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say human again. I don't know. It just doesn't sound that wild. Like a human could make that sound in my mind. You locking it in? Yeah, I'm going to lock it in as human. Paul, that is a human. Can you guess what band? Um, I think that one is Metalocalypse. Can I give you a hint? Yeah. Just think of like gnarly one word band names if you were going to be a metal band. Apocalypse? That's not That's not a bad guess. This is a suffocation. Okay. Is Apocalypse really a metal band? Probably. Uh, well, I meant like a famous one you know of, but I guess, yeah. Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> suffocation, cool. All right, number three. Ooh, that one sounds more animalistic to me. That one's like, that sounds like a pit bull bearing its teeth. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, just naming the dog breed, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it could be uh, any dog breed, really. I think it's my a pit bull. That might have been uh, little angels. I'm locking it in. Um, all right. So you're saying animal and pit bull. Yes. And you mean pit bull the rapper. Well, I'm honestly guessing dog, because I don't want to get it wrong based on the breed. Alright, that is a human, and that is the lead singer of Dying Fetus, aforementioned. Number four. That's Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement Burping. (laughs) Okay, you unlocked the other part of it, which is if you make Malaya, you get one point. Uh, what do you have? You have one point so far? Now two points? That one is animalistic to me now that I've listened to it on my end. <laughs> well, maybe if you- I'm gonna listen one more time, sorry. Um, I don't know if they're gonna do multiple bears, but I'm gonna say bear again. It sounds like a, uh, animal, and I'm going with- Can you just stop me now if it's not an animal? Oh, it is an animal, so ding on that. I think I would get this, but just because I work next to a facility that has this in them. So I've heard their their screeches before, and they sound like dinosaurs. It's a chicken. It's a pig. Damn. Oh. 
Yeah, I guess kind of iconic in the sense that people usually call a lot of metal vocals as like pig squeals, but even then that's a little bit more like a rumble than like a, you know, like a... All right, number five. Thought process? I you saying it's obvious has really thrown me off. Um, I still think it's an animal, <laughs> but I'm just re-listening to it a little bit more. It's not obvious to me, and I feel like if it was obvious, it would have to be a human because there's no way you would think it's obvious what an animal is. I'm gonna say animal. I'm, I even though I feel like you would only say it's obvious if it was a human. I want to say you have three points, so this would be point four because this is an animal. Okay. Um. It's it's tough. I don't know if it sounds like any sort of animal to me. Uh, let me listen to it one more time. It sounds like something with a real rumble tummy. What animals have a lot of rumbles in their tummy? Something that mm. eats a lot. Can I ask you how novel do these animals get? Am I gonna like? Am I gonna guess hippo and feel stupid by the end of the quiz because like hippo is just too novel? Oh, you know, I wouldn't consider hippo novel. I was gonna say that like any f- like five year old kindergartner would know the animals that are in this quiz. Okay. Well, I think this is a hungry, hungry hippo. I think that's actually what Will Ramos guessed. That's so funny. Uh, It's a camel. Oh, cool. And actually, in my original text when I was talking about doing this game, and I was talking about this game being subversive, the main thing that I learned from this game is not about the fact that humans can make weird noises, but how weird really mundane animal noises are. (laughs) Uh, That's mostly what I learned. I guess I would expect uh, a camel, because of its big flappy lips, to have like a really like... Sort of sound like a real <laughs> Not a <sighs> Alright, number six Oh, did you think this was obvious for me Because I'm an Arab? <laughs> no, because I, I think if you really f- like, I think this was one where they uh, Played the solo vocal on its own afterwards And I feel like I was able to pick it out because of that But it just sounds so clearly like Throat rumbly, like animal thing I don't know That's a human, clear as day to me. Paul, I think five points, I'm actually not keeping track very well. <laughs> since, five points. Since if they're an animal, I can guess what type of animal for points. If they're a human, can I guess what race for points? Because I'm going to say white for everybody, because it's metal bands. <laughs> uh, it is probably a white person. This is from a Morbid Angel. Okay, cool. All right, number seven. You're killing it so far. Number seven. Adrian, can I ask you, this is one of the ones, kind of like the first one, where I'm not 100% sure I can hear the animal. Mm-hmm. Was it that loud wind sound, or was it like a it's, rover? It's on, the, it's on the higher end. Okay, so it's not like the escaping wind sound. No, no, no. Well, maybe. I can't tell. It's not the thing that's like... Yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, I guess it, that one's hard to tell. I don't know, maybe that's a snake, but maybe it's a human just going... Um, yeah, I guess I'll have to go. I, do snakes actually make that sound, or is that just an ugly stereotype? An ugly, ugly stereotype of a marginalized <laughs> community. Uh, I'll go with snake, making a hissing sound. It is an animal. I think Will Ramos also guessed snake. Uh, that is a barn owl. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wanted to say when we were trying to describe the noise that it's a screeching noise, but I thought that was a little bit too much of a giveaway to call it a screech. That's interesting you hear a screech. If I thought that was a synthetic noise, I would literally guess like air escaping from something, like from a canister. All right. Number eight. 
I'm going to listen to it on my end, but from your end, it sounds human to me. Yeah, that sounds human to me. All right. Another point for you, Paul. Who do you think it is? Um, I think this one is Cannibal Corpse. It is not. It is the guy who is directing the video. So whoever the guy from the YouTube channel Revolver is, maybe that's his band's name. Um, but yeah, uh, that was him. Cool. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. Number nine. Yeah, that sounds human to me. Maybe maybe it's a, ch- a chimp or a monkey, but I, I can't really. I feel like it's going to be a great ape or human. Do you think that one of these is a trick question because it's actually a chimp dressed in human clothing who has like a blonde wig on? <laughs> yeah, it's Coco with a gorilla doing uh, sign language. So it's like, is it human communication? Who knows? Uh, Paul, you're correct. This is a human. Do you know what band? They have been mentioned in this episode. Oh, okay. Uh, probably by me. It's probably Megadeth. Uh, nope, this is a job for a cowboy, one of the bands that I recommended. They do some real grody-ass pig squeals, man. Um, this is uh, one of Coleman's favorite bands, too. I think he stopped watching this video when I sent it to him when he got this one right. And he was like, I don't, I'm done. I got this one right. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> and now I'm getting out of there. <laughs> was this a way for you to reach out to all your friends who like metal? <laughs> uh, Coleman and I just... Actually, Coleman and I mostly just text about, like, you should listen to this song or whatever. And so I'll send him, like, videos like this sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. Coleman and I mostly just text dick pics. um all right so this one has a weird thing that happens in it so i'll explain it afterwards but uh yeah this is number 10 (laughs) that laugh was human well that's the guy who was taking the test in the video (laughs) so he laughed over the 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 sample of it or whatever okay i bet he laughed because it was him so i'm gonna go human again okay and what band um oh you said the guy's name and i think he's uh i've mentioned him multiple times in this episode <laughs> uh i think he's uh of uh, I, I i don't know man i don't know paul 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 your listening skills betray you yet again um that is a human and it is will ramos of lorna shore that was uh kind of so what happened was the lead singer the lead vocalist on lorna shore, lorna shore left to replace the lead singer of chelsea grin so they brought Will Ramos into Lorna Shore. They came out with a new EP. They came out with To the Hellfire, which I did recommend for one of my media roundups. And there that is that like really spectacular end of that song where he goes really into like the nasally, like rattling the like nasal passages of his voice to like do that incredible snarl. Um, and so, yeah, it's him laughing because it's them playing his own vocals uh, back at him. Nice. Um, all right. Number 11. I know the, like, I know that three in a row being human totally makes sense in a list this big probability-wise. That should probably happen once, but it's still my gut instinct doesn't want to say human again, even though that sounds human. Uh, That sounds like a human doing their best pig squeal impression. I'm going to listen to it one more time on my end. Yeah, I'm going to go with human trying to impersonate a pig. Damn, Paul. You got it right. What band do you think is a part of? Uh, body horror. Yeah, not bad. This one's uh, a crania. Um, he's got some crazy vocals. I think, um... I'll take this as an opportunity to continue making up edgy names for bands. Another thing I'm noticing is it's interesting what our perception of animal sounds are versus, like, how a pig squeal really sounds. I don't know if that guy was actually trying to do a pig squeal sound, but it sounded more like what I would think a pig squeal sounds like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I'm saying that they lied to us as a kid. The cow in the barn doesn't go moo. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right, number 12, I think we're at. So this one's really on the low end. Yeah, I was gonna say we're back at the tummy rumblies. Who's got a tummy and a rumbly tummy at that? Uh, it could be a human, but I'm gonna say that it's an animal. So I think it's an animal. Um, All right, Paul, correct. What animal? I'm getting a real snarly, like nose flare vibe. Um, so I'll go with a big cat. Um, a lion. That is another one where Will, Will Ramos also said lion. <laughs> Um, and like they said to him, that's very close. It's a tiger. Oh, okay. Well, like I said, I was, I was getting big, big, big cat vibes. Yeah, I was you should have seen my one. face when you said big cat vibes. I was like, holy shit. I think Paul's way better at identifying animal <laughs> noises than I would ever be. <laughs> you were like, yeah, that's kind of like the timbre of like a big cat, probably Eastern Asian, but maybe also African. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I apparently have a secret ability. Yeah. God, it's like that thing that I saw on Reddit today of people who can like do that thing where it shows you a scene from a country anywhere in the world, and based on the, how the sand looks, they can tell you what country you're dude, in. Dude, I've seen that dude. Fuck him. That is magic. That upsets me how good he is at that. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in the comments was explaining it. It was like, I don't know, man. You just kind of get a gestalt vibe for it eventually. <laughs> Once you've seen enough sand. <laughs> dude, I hate how... that. I, I don't. I'm actually... I'm more impressed by that by, than by a lot of things <laughs> I'm supposed to be impressed by. It's one of the most, like... <laughs> when I see that, I get, like... I get, like, a tingling in my skin. I'm like, humans shouldn't have the ability to do this. <laughs> You've grown too intelligent. <laughs> It's like it's like Planet of the Apes, but it's your own species. <laughs> um, all right, you ready for thirteen? Yes. <laughs> um, that sound was funny to me. I think it's an animal on first listen. I'm gonna listen again. You said, uh, do you stick by the no repeats? There's no chance this is a pig again? There's one repeat, okay. so. That sounds like that means it's not this one. Um, yeah, I, I want to say a farm animal, so I'm not going to guess pig again. Maybe bulls make a weird sound? Bulls. Okay, okay, Paul, again, not bad with the instincts. That is a ram. A ram, cool. All right, uh, we're going to move to 14. human damn see i told you this is not a hard quiz you're getting them bang you're getting them bang on bro um and i will say that they're from the band bloody scalp uh no this one's a little bit tough they're from oceano that was my second guess after those words i made up uh number 15 this is probably the best one um i don't know if that's gonna help you but go ahead and listen to it I think this one is a trick one. That sounds 100% human, but because you called it the best, I'm going to say it's an animal that sounds like it has a human scream. And I will say, uh, goat. Yeah, uh, Will Ramos also said goat. 
That is an animal, but it is a dog. Um, oh. and in the video, they show the viral clip of it where they're like, you want to go on a, we want to go on a walk? And it's just this little small dog. that's just like, ah, <laughs> that's funny. Um. <laughs> All right. Number 16. Yeah, that that sounds very bleaty, so I'll say goat again. Um, okay, it is an animal. This actually might have been I, I might have tricked you on this one by saying that like a kindergartner would know. This is a Tasmanian devil. Which I just want to say, shout out to the people who made this thing because that fit over the music so perfectly. Like that was hard as hell, dude. That was so good. Um, I love that one. The only piece of media I've ever seen the Tasmanian devil in is baby Looney Tunes. That's really my main Looney Tunes introduction. That's the main place I've ever seen uh, that little rabbit. Uh, what's his name? Bugs Bunny? Yeah. That little rabbit. <laughs> that, that classic little rabbit. Yeah, that piece of shit little rabbit. <laughs> um, Alright, number 17. I think that's a human, and I'm gonna say that it's the band Microphone Overdrive. Paul. You've only missed one so far, haven't you? Uh, at the beginning, I think I missed two in a row. This is absolutely ridiculous. That is a human, and it is microphone suicide. What did you say? Wait, really? <laughs> uh, no, no. It's a human. It's a, uh, it's deicide is the band. Deicide, nice. Damn, I don't think I would have gotten that one. That one sounded otherworldly to me. All right, 19. Here we go. Is Paul going to complete the streak? That one is one where the music is so loud and it's just a low rumble over it that I could see it being either. Um, but I've learned that that's more likely to be an animal. Um, I'm going to guess that metal bands do that for like a subconscious thing. They're like not even really expecting people to tune into it. They're just thinking that like putting an animal sound low over the instrumentation will create some sort of like menacing vibe. So animal. The streak is broken. Damn human. Do you want to guess the band? The Jumpin' Jimmies. That one was cattle decapitation. <laughs> Pretty heavy stuff, brother. Brother. We're almost there. I think you've already hit your goal, so you have nothing to lose. That sounds very human to me. I'm going to say human again. Um. Yeah, that is a human. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you not to guess the band because really? it's another trick one. No, no, it's no, no. The, uh, it's it's Death at the Diocese. It's the editor for the YouTube channel. I don't think he's in a band. Oh, damn. And lucky number 21, Paul. Uh, that sounds bird-like, I guess. I, just because it's, well, it sounds, I don't know. Sounds kind of similar to the owl. It sounds like air coming out after a short growl, um, which I don't think a lot of vocalists recreate unless I maybe he was getting real close at <laughs> with his nose. But uh, I'll say animal. OK, and then do you have an animal of choice? Oh, we haven't had a repeat yet. Another barn owl. I want to play the commentary from Aguero's winning goal to secure the Premier League <laughs> title in the 93rd minute against QPR. 
to beat Manchester United for the title of just like, drink it in. You will never see another thing like this ever again. Uh, Paul, that is a bird. It is an owl. It is some. They did not specify it. They just said it was some kind of owl. Awesome. Cool. Well, God damn, Paul. Let's go ahead and big facts, no cap it. Apparently, big fact, apparently owls are like just heavy breathers is what they sound like. Like that's their animal. <laughs> Look, a bunch of mouth breathers over there. Come on. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to get some sleepier, Owl. <laughs> uh, and my no cap is, uh, you know, you should try all types of music. It's all, some of it's going to be something you can dance to. Anything else? Do you feel like you learned anything? Do you feel like you grew an appreciation for anything? I'm not going to lie to you. This m- episode didn't make me more interested in listening to metal. But maybe if you made me a playlist and uh, and then I could also add it. To the description of this episode, if you made a Spotify playlist of Big Facts oh, No Cap Approved Metal. You know I fucking hate, like, having the aux cord during a car trip with people in the car, then that's just, like, the ultimate version of that. Alright, um, well, don't expect that in the description, then, folks. People who are about to open up the description to listen to Adrian's. <laughs> I gave you a list. You heard what I was into. You guys know. If you want to send us an email and complain about how I don't listen to actually, like, super, super heavy stuff, do that. Um, and then also, what was the other thing? Um, Paul... List- oh, yeah, yeah. Tell us what you want Paul to teach me about from his interests. Ooh, okay. Next week, I'll bring in uh, puzzles again. I know what puzzles are. <laughs> Adrian's like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? They cut up a picture and then you have to put it back together? Why wouldn't you just not cut it up? I don't get it. The real <laughs> puzzle <laughs> is this capitalist system. <laughs> Next week should be, we should do an episode where we have Phil on and we should introduce Phil to Slavo G-Jack. That should be the theme. <laughs> that would be funny we should do that and we should do jordan peterson and tell him which one we don't have uh which one we don't have bad opinions on all right bye buddy all right bye bruh <laughs>